The Lord's good, isn't he? Come on, give him the best praise. Give him the best praise. Hallelujah. So good to see you in the house of the Lord. We finally hit that and hit it about right. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you can find it, turn to 1 Chronicles. You may have to go to the index to get there, but we're going to look at 1 Chronicles, one verse, chapter 12, verse 32. Amen. I get in a dilemma when I get to play. I I get caught up. I just about soon play as preach. Until the preach hits me, then I'm done playing. I'm through playing now. (laughs) (laughs) So good to see you today. The Lord is good, merciful. Just from my moving about the room this morning and meeting and greeting. I think if if you'll respond to what you're about to hear, I think the Lord's going to do something. Uh, How many of you need the Lord to do something? All right, that's good enough for me. Verse 32, chapter 12, 1 Chronicles. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. I want to speak to you just for a little while this morning, uh, exercising your rights. about to exercise my rights to get somebody open that door and let me slang this toward the parking lot. See, I'd be one of you. I have my struggles too. You, anybody have struggles? There's, there's a few things that I have zero tolerance for. I'll grab another one before I tolerate much. Exercising your rights. Father, we love you. Lord, I need your help this morning for your goodness and your mercy. What a wonderful atmosphere here. Your presence is with us. Now, Father, I pray that we that have ears to hear will hear what you're speaking to the church this morning. Now, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. Lord, preach what is expedient for the hearing of the body. Pleasing to you, but edifying to the body. May we be built up and lifted today. In Christ's name, the church said, amen and amen. Just a little backstory. I know just pulling that verse out doesn't tell you a whole lot. But David's been anointed king. Mighty men are coming to him. You read that 11th and 12th chapter, you will see some of the character of the men that are serving with and under David. 
And then the listing from the tribes of the people are the sons of Iskar, who had an understanding of the times and had wisdom in knowing what to do. For you and I, understanding our rights in troubled times is important. Understanding what's available to you as crisis arises in your life will help you be the overcomer that God has called you to be. How many times have you come into contact with someone, run into someone that you know, maybe hadn't seen them for a while, and you pose the question, hey, how are you doing? How many of you said that this morning? Hey, how are you doing? Many times the reply that we get if we were honest with ourselves is really not what we were wanting to know. So what we may ought to do sometimes is find another salutation, another greeting. Because truth be known, you, you really don't have the time for me to tell you how I'm doing. Hello? Some <laughs> And we'll, we'll throw that out there, and then when somebody really wants to tell you how you're doing, you in a hurry, and we brush them off, and we go, well, man, I hate that for you, and we gone. Uh-huh. People begin to say things that aren't going well. They begin to tell you their back's against the wall. They're, they're hurting all over the ache. Well, you know, I got it. And then here it just begins to spill out. Man, things are just turned negative, and... Am I young and this or that young and that or this or that? And, and they begin to unload on you and try to really tell you how things are going, but deep down we're really not interested. Why? Because we got our own stuff going on. A lot of times someone begins to pour out and you ask that question and they begin to pour out and you're thinking, if you'll catch your breath, I'll tell you really how I'm doing. Because many times we'll say, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm fine. Man, I'm great. You know, we're lying right behind our face. We got, we got this facade hanging out here and say, oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Oh, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, I'm great. And we're thinking, all hell's blowing up at my place. Devil's using my house for a welcome mat. He's just, and, and we'll just put that grin on and go right on about our day. But that's not what you have to do. You you don't have to subject yourself to that. You don't have to live under those circumstances. You don't have to feel like you've been thrown around like a doll, amen, an old rag doll somewhere or wore out dish rag. You just slung around. No, that, that's not who you are. That's not what God has redeemed you for. You're, you're not some play toy of the enemy. Are you with me this morning? You, how many has ever had a little cat in the, in the house and it caught a little mouse and you've seen it just toy with it and just play with it and little, the little mouse try to get it? I've seen cats do that in barnyards and places. They'll catch one and they'll just turn it loose and they'll just keep catching it and rain it back like the, the cat. The mouse actually thinks he has an opportunity to get away. It ain't going to happen. No, no. When the cat gets tired of playing, it's over. Can I tell you that's what the devil tries to do in our lives? He tries to mess around and toy and play around with your emotions and your feelings and your family. He tries to disrupt. He tries to steal. He tries to kill. He tries to destroy. And if it would be his will, he'd play with you till he's done with you. And he will kill you and leave you laying right where he found you. But that's not God's plan for your life. And you and I must understand our rights in times of trouble. There's something we have to get a grip on. And that is, you are a child of 
of God. We've sung it this morning. You're not a play toy of the enemy. Your emotions is not some place for him to toy around with, but you are a blood-bought, born-again, I'm telling you, blood-washed child of God. And that gives you some authority. That gives you some rights. And you and I have to learn to exercise those rights. For many believers today, many face challenges in life, with life, through life and of life, so many obstacles that they face day in and day out, trials, tribulations, they are going to come into our lives. As the old cliche declares it, a little rain must fall in every life at some point. We know that. The Bible tells us that. It's going to rain on the just and it's going to rain on the unjust. But I'm here to tell you, I'm not some lioness going around with a cloud hanging over my head and it rain every day of my life. I'm looking for the sun of the joy of the Lord to begin to rain down on me. I need a little ray of his glory. I need a little ray of his sunshine. I need a little ray of peace. And I am refusing to walk under the cloud of the downpour of a Debbie Downer and a devil who doesn't want joy to be in my life. I'm going to exercise the right I have. Yes, life is difficult. Yes, life presents itself with problems and trouble. But uh, it does happen to us all. But even though I'm in trouble, I am not in trouble alone. You are not in trouble alone. You have not been forsaken. Everybody in this world may forsake you. But he that is out of this world but yet is present in this world will never leave you and he will never forsake you. So take joy in knowing let others turn their back and walk away. But Jesus will be walking towards you to let you know you don't have to live a downtrodden life. It is he who has come to give you joy and to give you peace. Let the devil try to steal. Let the devil try to kill. Let the devil try to destroy. Jesus' declaration is that I have come that you might have life, honey, and that you might have it more abundantly. I'm ready for some abundant living. How about you? <laughs> Rights. According to Webster's Dictionary, a right is something to which one has a just claim. The power or privilege to which one is justly entitled. You need to get this in now. Something that one may properly claim as due. Can you not already hear good preaching coming out of a, of a Daniel Webster dictionary? <laughs> can you not already hear some things you have a just claim to something there is the power or the privilege to which one is justly entitled something that one may properly claim as due well I'm here to tell you I'm entitled to some things as a child of God you're entitled to some things as a child of God there's some things do your life according to the promises of the word I'm not talking about getting outside the book I'm actually talking about getting in the book and staying inside the book. There are some things that rightly belong to you as a child of God. Understanding basics of rights. There's the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which is recognition of the inerrant dignity and of the equal and inalienable rights of all members of the human family. It's the foundation of freedom, justice, and peace in the world. 
it establishes that everyone has the right to life. Are you hearing me? Liberty and security of person. It states that no one shall be held in slavery or servitude. No one shall be subjected to torture or to cruel, inhumane, and degrading treatment or punishment. Everyone has the right to recognition everywhere as a person before the law. That's the right simply of just being a human being. That sounds like a pretty good deal. And we live under those and we exercise daily under those. There are also civil rights. There's political rights. There's economic rights, social and cultural rights. There's women's rights. There's religious rights. There is what is called the Miranda rights. Maybe some of you have been here have heard them. Huh? Maybe some of you have heard those Miranda rights personally. Aren't you glad you have them? Everything that worked out good for you, you're in here today. Amen. I mean, it's whole card, hard, cold facts of reality. Look around the room. We're not all perfect. We've not all been perfect. But we are who we are today because of the mistakes that we made and the grace of God that has redeemed us from our mistakes. And for many of the rest of us, had it not been for a four-wheel drive truck and an exit up a bank on the side of the highway, others of us would have been read our Miranda rights. I just barely got away. That's the only difference between me and somebody that had theirs read. They got caught. I didn't. How many of you can say the same thing? Stark red. Do you know you can be taken to jail for speeding? I didn't realize that until I was coming over Mon Eagle Mountain doing 88 in what was a 55. Didn't know it was 55. The little thing on the dash said, police ahead. Twice. I said, where can it be setting going down Mon Eagle Mountain? Well, he found a spot. About halfway down, when we got pulled over, he come up to me, he said, Sir, do you know how fast you were going? And I said, Yeah, I was doing this. He said, No, that was after you touched the brakes. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it might have been. Because I didn't look down until I touched him. You know what I'm saying? He said, do you realize I could take you to jail? I said, no, sir, I did not. And we got serious real quick. And it's a longer story because I didn't have wallet. I didn't have license. I didn't have proof of insurance. And I didn't know that until he asked for it, and it dawned on me. It was in my truck sitting in the parking lot of the Daisy Church of God. Where I'd met some other preachers. You see, we struggled together. He said, 
well, that's okay. If you'll just write your Social Security number down right here, I'll find out what you got. I said, yes, sir. And I don't give my Social Security number out. But I didn't want to hear those Mirandai rights either. I may have bought some things I don't realize, but that's okay. I didn't go to jail. There's rights. We have rights. Before you can be interrogated. I have to read you these rights. You have the right to be silent. And there's law enforcement in this room, and there's, you know what the rest of those are. If you can't afford an attorney, they'll get you one. You have rights. And if you're not informed of those rights, whether you are caught red-handed or not, if your rights are violated, you could be released. Oh, you say, well, we're about to go here. The rights of a child of God. Elton Trueblood wrote this. He said, it, it used to be that Christianity was a revolutionary faith that turned the world upside down. But today, Christians sit in Sunday morning church services looking at their watches, wondering what time dinner will be served or thinking about the kickoff that is up to come. And we hope that church won't interfere with the things we would rather really be doing. Those individuals in that situation and condition are not concerned about their right as a child of God. But you take someone when crisis comes in, when crisis begins to overwhelm, when the enemy, as the scripture says, comes in like a flood, and the flood is about to go over their head, and the flood is about to rush through the home, and the torrent of life is about to carry them away, then that person who, who is here not worrying about lunch or dinner or these other things, they are listening for what can I take a hold of? What is my right as a child of God in this situation? And that person is looking that when the flood begins to come and the waters begin to rise they are looking for the standard that stands against it that thing that is not moved that, that thing that is established that, that the waters and the flood of life have to go around and I'm telling you it is Jesus Christ the righteous who is the standard of our hope and of our life and no matter what torrent no matter what flood begins to come into our life I am a Christian today who is still looking for that invading power of Jesus Christ that would avail itself to my situation and in my current circumstance that I understand the right that I have and the first right that you and I have as a child of God is we have the right to call upon him at any point, at any moment, and at any time. You have the right to call on the Lord. How so? Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me. This is the Lord speaking. Call unto me, and I will answer you. He's not just going to answer. He said, I'll show you great and mighty things which you have no clue about. That's the water's parallel paraphrase. I'll show you great and mighty things that you cannot think of. I'll show you. God's saying, I'll show up in your situation and I'll reveal myself like you've never seen before. I'm going to reveal, but all you have to do is call upon me. Oh, I'm so glad that the Bible gives me an invitation. I'm so glad that the Father of glory offers unto me an invitation that I can call when crisis comes, when I don't know which way to go, when I don't 
don't know what to do, when I can't figure it out, he says, call unto me and I will answer you. And I'm not just going to answer you, but I'm going to reveal. I'm going to show myself and great and mighty things. I'll show you that you have no thought of. Call on the Lord. So many times when we get in crisis, we call everybody but the Lord. Until all human effort is exhausted, then we turn to the Lord. But I, I say we need to be like old King Hezekiah. When the enemy surrounds the city and sends that letter in, well, you might as well forfeit, you might as well give up, you might as well surrender. Hezekiah takes the letter and he goes directly to the house of the Lord. And not only did he go into the house of the Lord, but he opened up the disregard of the enemy and read it to the Lord. This is what they are saying. He came, he took it to the Lord, and he prayed, my, 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 what a novel idea for a child of God. You can call upon the Lord in your time of need, but you have to be mindful to know that that is the first place that you go. Take it to the Lord. Oh, take it to what the old songwriter said, take it to the Lord in prayer and leave it there and leave it there and leave it there. The psalmist said in 4 and 1, hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. That's how you do it. Hear my prayer. That's how you do it. The Lord says call and that's how you call. Great example. Lord, I am in trouble down here. You've helped me before. You've made my way before. You've got me out of a tight place before. You've enlarged my going. You've opened up a way for me before. But I'm in need again. How many? I laid on that altar for about 45 minutes yesterday, and I said, Lord, here I am again in need of prayer. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Lord, I need to hear you. I'm calling on you today. I'm crying out to you today because I need you, Lord. And then I begin to think about you upon your see imagining your faces so it's it's difficult for when you move around now I got to put you in another spot when I pray for you but that's all right as long as I see you I'll get where you are and so when I'm laying before the Lord I said Lord they need you they need you your people need you give me something for them Lord stir my heart for your people Lord and then hear it here it comes understand your rights in trouble time exercise your right the Lord said if you'll call unto me I will answer you. That invitation carries over into the New Testament. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Well, that's all I need. I just need somebody to help me understand my rights. Hello? If you're going to Mirandai me, let me know what my rights are. You got a right to counsel. You got a right to keep your mouth shut. For anything you say can and will. <laughs> so be careful. Right? <laughs> oh, hear me, child of God. That's what the enemy tries to do against you and I. He tries to keep our mouths closed in crisis. 
He tries to get you to internalize crisis. He tries to get circumstances that are coming against you for you to turn it back in towards yourself. But here, this preacher this morning, you've got no business dealing with the issues of life. God said, call unto me. Jesus said, come to me. If you're overladen, if the load's too heavy, just bring it to me. Because my load is, he said, take my yoke upon you. Oh, take it on you. Yoke up with me for my, my burden is light. Hallelujah. Oh, there's peace. There's peace in him. There's peace with, that is the right that you have to call and to come unto him. Psalm said in 18 and 3, I will call upon the Lord. Then he makes his declaration. Who is worthy to be praised? Here's a faith declaration. So shall I be saved from my enemy. There's faith out of crisis. I can hear him. I will call upon the Lord. He's the one that's worthy to be praised. And in the middle of my circumstances, I call upon the one who is worthy. So, my God, shall I be saved from my enemies? Somebody needs to hear it this morning. You feel like your enemy's breathing down your neck. But I double dog dare you to call upon the name of the Lord. He who is worthy to be praised. And what's the declaration of the salvation of the Lord? Woo! Hear what the Lord said in Psalm 50, verse 15. And call upon me in the day of trouble. Another invitation. And you understand what your rights are. I'm choosing my right, my God, I can feel it. I'm choosing my right to invoke counsel. <laughs> oh, I'm going to preach that right there just a minute. <laughs> I'm choosing my right to invoke counsel. I watch, we watch them cop shows and they get in that room, that interrogate room. They done been Mirandized. They start hammering them with questions. And a, and a smart one look at them and say, lawyer, shut her down. Can I tell you, you have a lawyer. You have a propitiation for your situation. Can I tell you this morning, if you'll call upon him, he will deliver you out of the midst of your trouble. God said, call upon me in the day of trouble. I might deliver you. No, that's not what the word of the Lord says. Call on me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. That's the reason I get so bent out of shape. He showed up in my day of trouble, and he took me out. He brought me. He delivered He set me free. Psalm 55, 16. Y'all okay? As for me, the psalmist said, I will call upon God. And the Lord shall save me. Eighty-six, fifteen. the psalmist says, For thou, Lord, 
are good. Uh huh. And ready to forgive. For thou wilt answer it. Our cries, your cries, your calls don't go in vain. They're not in vain. Your prayers are not in vain. Last week we talked about positioning, right? Getting into position. You pray your way into the reality of the answer. And you keep praying until it shows up. Can I tell you, I've got four, far more grace to get me through than I ever got grace to get me out. And it really doesn't matter whether I'm through or out. Either way, it's behind me. <laughs> Somebody needs to think about that. It doesn't matter if he adds that grace to you in your weakest moment like he did old Paul when he's declaring and testifying, I prayed three different times, and I know he prayed more than three times if he had a problem that was bothering him as bad as this problem seemed to be. But I think what Paul is saying, he said, I believe I prayed through three times. I believe I touched heaven, and, 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 and I still didn't get my healing. I still didn't get my deliverance. I still didn't get the remedy for what I needed. Uh, and on that third time, then I hear this voice from heaven saying, Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Uh, that through your weakness, I, I'm going to add grace and strength to you. I'm going to get you through. You may have to grab a plank and float to shore, but you're going to come through. My God, he, you, <laughs> you may be like oh, oh Philip. He may translate you the next 40 miles. It doesn't matter where he picks you up and carries you over or gives you grace to float through. Just so long as you come out on the other side. My God, you're coming out, child of God. You're coming Stand your rights when you call upon the Lord. Exercise. Woo. Ninety-one fifteen. The psalmist says, "He called upon me." This is the Lord speaking. He called upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. You just got to call on him. You got to call on him and you got to trust him. You got to have confidence that he is able. Romans 10, 12 through 14. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Aren't you glad that you don't have to be in a certain socioeconomic class to be able to call upon the Lord? Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad you don't have to be in, in a certain demographic of racial equity for the ability to call upon the Lord? Aren't you glad you don't have to be all the same color, race, creed, amen, to call upon the Lord? Because whoever calls on him shall be saved. <laughs> hey, 
my God, I'm so glad. It doesn't matter what the world begins to condemn with. You're not this, but you're that. You can't be here because you're there. But I'm glad that wherever I am, uh, there he is also. If I can just get to a three degree and gather with me in his name, his presence will come be and abide with us there. And I can exercise my right as a child of God. You know, we have certain rights available to us in times of economic disparity. That's just a fancy way of saying when you're broke. I figure if we could rip off, fly away like we did, we might as well just get real, haven't we? Huh? It doesn't matter about our economic challenges when you have rights as a child of God. The psalmist said, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You know what he said? I wish he'd went a little bit further and the spirit would have inspired him and declared that the hills are his as well. doesn't matter the hardship that we face sometimes. God's faithful to his word to his children. He's faithful to his word to his children. Now, if, you, if you're just going to be a, a runaway, he ain't going to help you too much. If you don't bless sin. Hello, are you? If he doesn't bless sin. You ain't going to bless your sin, so if you're sinning, you might as well hold off on that prayer. Because the only prayer he's listening for is, I repent. Exercise your right to repent. And he will release to you the blessing that is due you. Back to our definition. Something that you can lay a proper claim on. As a child of God, you can lay proper claim to the promises of God, which are yea and amen. That's your right as a child of God. We have rights, Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But you can read all through the text. God doesn't bless laziness, slothfulness. Boy, it's quiet. Man won't work, take care of his own family, according to the scripture, is worse than an infidel. According to the book. Well, you can't judge. I'm not. I'm reading the book. It's the book, the word of God. Matthew 14, 13 through 21, there's 5,000 that are fed. They've been out all day. The disciples come to Jesus. You need to let them go so they can run into town and get some McDonald's or something. I love what the scripture says. 
they need not depart, is what Jesus said. They're about to exercise a right. What do you have? We just got some sardines and some crackers, basically. Well, bring it here. He takes it. He blesses it. He breaks it. He distributes it. 5,000 men plus the women and children are fed. And when it's all over and said and done with, there's 12 baskets full that are received after they ate. Now get this, get this. Those baskets are important. Well, why? Because one of the next miracles you see, the baskets are mentioned. They're in a boat, storms raging, and the scripture says, and they remembered not the fragments. <laughs> oh, my Lord. The leftovers are just as important. Oh, you ain't getting it. You'll think about this about Thursday, and you'll say, oh. First Kings 17, you know the story, hide thyself by the brook chair. This story keeps coming up. This is about the first, third time in the last two or three months that this keeps coming in. Have I not commanded the ravens to feed you? Arise, go to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow woman there. Chapter 17, verse 16, And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the crews of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Second Kings 4, There cried a certain woman, What shall I do? What's in the house? Nothing except a pot of oil. Economic crisis cannot withstand the mighty power of God intervening into your life. And he has to speak to a neighbor down the road to drop you off a sack of groceries on your steps. You're going to make it. Why? Because you're one of his and your right is to be fed. He said, I am the Lord, amen, and I am going to take care of you. I am the Lord and I will provide for you. He is the Lord who is your provider. You belong to him. Just like we will do any and everything in our power to take care of our children, to make sure they are fed, to make sure they're clothed, you ought to hear this preacher this morning. If you're one of his and you're faithfully serving him, he will not forsake you in your dilemma. They may want to threaten to put the wheels under your house and pull it down the road like they did ours one time, but it didn't go out that way. It went out the road under wheels, but it wasn't a repo. My Lord sent a buyer, and it was sold, and I got out from under the trouble. I'm here to tell you, the Lord's going to make a way for you in your economic crisis. Just cry out, call out, and trust him. You may be scraping the bottom of the barrel, but when you go back tomorrow, there'll be more to scrape in the barrel. He didn't say the barrel would be full. He just said it never would be empty. Oh, my. We're looking for full barrels, and we're eating the whole time. Wondering why God isn't making a way. And the whole time, He's made your way. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Either grace to go through or power to take you out. Either way, God 
is faithful. If you'll trust him. Part of our problem, we're ready to bail about the time the barrel gets half empty. Either he's God or he isn't. Either his word is true or it isn't. What's it going to be? But as a child of God, if you get in this, and the more of your rights that you commit to your heart, <laughs> woo, when you call on him, all you got to do is quote it. All you've got to do is find your promise. Lay it on an altar somewhere. Lay it on the foot of your bed, on the coffee table, on the couch as you're turning around on your knees and you lay it open. You spread it out say, Lord, here's where you said to call and here's your promise for my calling. I'm one of yours. My sins are under the blood and I'm dependent upon you. And I'm going to stand, stand, stand. No wonder the songwriter said, standing on the promises of Christ my Savior. My Lord, you've got to get to the point where the promise is what's your own and understand the right of the promise that avails itself to you through faith I am trying to hurry understanding our rights and the diseases of our body for those to be healed Psalm 103 Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all thine iniquities, and who healeth all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction, and crowns you with loving kindness. And tender mercies. Listen to this one. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In Exodus 15, 26, to the children of Israel, when he tells them what not to do, don't follow in the way of the Egyptians, don't follow after their gods, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. He said, because I am the Lord that healeth. I declare to you today there's more healing in Christ than simply the wounds of our bodies. How many of our minds have been wounded by life? We have tormented day in and day out in our mind, but our bodies physically are perfectly well. Our emotions are tormented. He's the God. First Peter 2.24 Who his own self bow our sins in his own body standing there. Now I'm going to close. On the tree. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. James 5.13.14 Is any afflicted? Let him pray. Verse 14, he says, any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Them anointing him with oil and the prayer of faith. Verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man 
have enough church. Matthew 14, 14, what we were taking our story from just a few moments ago. Before he feeds that multitude, he heals that multitude. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. Acts 3, 1. The lame man laid at the gate called Beautiful outside the temple. Peter and John comes walking at the hour of prayer. They see the lame man laying there. And declare to him, look on us. And he looks. The scripture says, expecting to receive. I guarantee you that old boy wasn't expecting what he was about to receive. He was looking for lunch money. He was looking for supper money. He was looking for money to pay rent, car payment, gas money. That's what he was looking on him for. But then, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I unto thee. And then here, here it is. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He's our healer. Luke 6, 19, and there are countless others. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. The scripture says, for there went virtue out of him. That word virtue means power. And he healed them all. I think before we can exercise our rights, we have to understand our need. As I read to you, this just a touch, just a brief touch of the rights that we have as just simply being human beings. But you know, if we're never made aware of our rights, we don't know what we have potential to receive. Works that way with insurance and so many other things. Those underlying small print clauses. Well, this is all printed on the same font. Same size. You don't have to strain to look to find the fine print for what belongs to you. In this world, yes. But not in this book. So when you understand, how many of you you've went before? You you've had that conversation and to find out, well, you know you have this coverage. Well, no, I really didn't. You've got some coverage that you may not be aware of today. There's sin coverage. Just this morning, walking around, count, I, I can't even remember them all. Prayer requests for people in need, sick. Troubles, this problem, that, that trial. This need, that need. 
And the whole time I'm walking around, I'm thinking, Lord, you, you've lined this up good today. I'm thinking, I got a word for that today. And I hope I've delivered it to you. You've got rights as a child of God. So many more. You have rights. But where we have to fall is with these sons of Issachar. We have to understand the times and know what to do. You have to understand what's going on in your life and know what to do. Well, what do I do? First of all, you come and you cry out and you call out to the Lord. If you need healing, he's the healer. I just very briefly touched. There's so many scriptures to tell you your right that's made available. Where we get caught up is if God doesn't do it the way we tell him to do it. Huh? See, we're saved yet to be saved. Explain that. I have redemption here below, but this is not my salvation. My salvation is when the Lord appears and he delivers me out of it all. But my salvation is also current with me every day because he delivers me through every single day. I'm saved yet to be saved. The Lord's hand has touched this body and healed its ailments, but it become ill again. Right? So I'm healed, but there's a healing that is coming. Because see, in our humanity, we think death is the end. Nope. Not for the rights that belong to the child of God. It's simply the beginning. And so we get conflicted when God doesn't do the way we want to, but he does the way he wills. Sometimes the Lord longs for his saints to be with him rather than be here with us. And so he calls them home. Healed to be healed. For one day we shall see him. <laughs> we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. Do you need something from the Lord this morning? If you're sick, you know somebody that's sick, you want to stand in proxy by faith. Brother Steve Ridge is in the hospital this morning. He's had two strokes. We're going to pray for him. Amen. Who needs help this morning? Who needs a touch from the Lord? Come on. Brother Mickey needs a hand of God on his life. He needs the healing touch of the Lord today. He's the healer. He's the healer.